Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. And if you've ever wondered what the heck Amazon-sponsored display ads are, well, this episode is going to give you an overview of what they are, how you can effectively use them, and whether they are even the right option for you. And to discuss that topic, I've brought on Stephen Knock to the show, host of a great podcast himself too. Stephen, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of information about yourself, tell us a bit about your podcast, which will obviously give people all the details for at the end as well. And uh, yeah, let us know what you've been up to last few years and what you've got to do, uh, what you, the point you've got up to in your journey now. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, Ben, I'm Steven. I've been in the Amazon advertising space for uh, a little over four years now. I've been managing my own book of business, just uh, just managing the ads for, for some select clients. Been doing that for the past three years. And overall, I just really love the space. And I used to be on a different podcast known as the PPC Den podcast put out by yeah. Ad Badger. Mm-hmm. And yeah. frankly, I I, uh, I think that was when I did the most advancement in my own knowledge was when I was forced to constantly be speaking on a new topic. And so recently, uh, a business partner and I started off with a new podcast called That That Amazon Ads Podcast. And yeah, we just... we exclusively focus on Amazon ads and it keeps us sharp and hopefully the information and knowledge that we're sharing is helpful to whoever's listening. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's not actually many dedicated Amazon ads podcast out there so i'm sure that uh, our listeners will be jumping on that because um yeah i mean ppc den was the only one that i was aware of um you know up until recently and the only one i've got on my sort of uh, podcast app but uh yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be um you know diving into more episodes as well because it's yeah valuable 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 resource i'm sure um so yeah no thanks for coming on the show today man looking forward to the conversation obviously a sponsored display is something that not many people talk about there's not too much content out there about it because it's maybe uh well it's definitely a lesser used option um but we want to kind of break down whether it even has has a place in the average amazon sellers uh, armory but before we get into it I, th- I just thought it'd be good to have a bit of a conversation about the idea of of funnel marketing because a lot of amazon sellers um maybe don't consider the idea of building a top of funnel audience um you know that kind of terminology is even alien to them they just want to run ads make sales and run away with the profit but sponsored display really does tap into more of a full funnel approach um do, do you think that whole full funnel approach is important for amazon sellers what's your take on it yeah so <clears throat> i will clarify Generally speaking, I'm 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 kind of a, a search marketer through and through. Mm. So when it does come to display tactics, I think I have a little bit of a bias more towards search. Um, I, I know there's a little bit of rivalry between the display ad buyers versus the search ad buyers, and both sides thinking their their uh, tactics are better. So you know, take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. But yeah, essentially the the full funnel concept is that. You have um, you have three different parts of the funnel. Sometimes we abbreviate it as tofu, mofu, bofu, mm-hmm. which is basically just your top of funnel, your middle of funnel, and your bottom of funnel. And Amazon search itself is a very bottom of funnel tactic, meaning mm-hmm. the people who are coming through are very hot leads. You know, especially if they're searching, say specifically for your brand. Right, my brand is is Stephen Equipment, and they are typing in Stephen Equipment. Uh, on Amazon, which is obviously a, a purchasing platform, the intent there is extremely high. And so that would yeah. be very deep down at the bottom of the funnel, which is essentially kind of where the customer is at in their journey, whether they're you know browsing, researching, or if they're coming in to buy. So 
So those types of searches are, are super bottom of funnel. And then sometimes we'll work our way up towards the middle of funnel, which um, rather than just being focused on conversion, uh, we're actually focusing on consideration. And we're just trying to get people to consider us, to think about us, uh, try to plant some seeds, get in their heads and just, yeah, we, we, we just want to make sure that we're part of their thought process when they're considering which product they're going to buy. And at that very top of the funnel, we have awareness, which is just letting people know that we exist. And so, you know, people, you could think of it as like a, a billboard, for example, if, if you're a new product that's out there and you set up a billboard, you're not necessarily trying to drive a sale. You can't really attribute sales to that, to that billboard in any way, but your, your main objective there is just to make people aware of who you are. So that hopefully, you know, if you're selling, say, Colgate toothpaste and you've got a big brand there that's advertising Colgate, I mean, obviously everyone's heard of Colgate, but let's just say for the sake of the example, you haven't. Uh, next time you're, you're walking through a Target or whatever, uh, because that seed's been planted, that awareness seed, you know, you're a little bit more familiar with this brand. You, you've heard of it before, maybe in your mind, whatever the messaging was made you think it was reputable and reliable. And so when you see it on the shelf there, you are, uh, you know, more inclined to pick up that product versus another one you haven't heard of. Yeah. You, you mentioned Colgate there, and I know um, I've studied a bit about the marketing behind Coke. Like their whole thing is staying top of mind, staying very present. Is this a um, something that's only for big brands, or should smaller sellers, smaller brands, be considering these principles? Or is there a stage where it becomes more relevant in terms of size of business? Yeah. So in my experience, it's very difficult to be profitable with those super high funnel awareness campaigns. Mm. And a big reason for that is just by nature of where the customer is at in their journey, yeah. uh, they're not necessarily ready to buy. And so the attributed sales are going to be really low, especially with Amazon only giving us a 14 day window. The chances of you being able to you know, reach someone who's never heard of you before and within 14 days, get them to consider you and then convert is pretty low. And so you won't mm -hmm. always see those attributed sales. So the ACoS will usually be high on these campaigns and we'll talk you know, more in depth about why sometimes the ACoS is absurdly low. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say generally speaking, where I have seen display tactics perform the best are for larger brands with larger budgets that have essentially fully saturated the middle and bottom of funnel. So. Mm -hmm. You know, those bottom of funnel keywords, if you're fully dominating uh, the impression share, you know, if, if your ads are, are all up there at top of search, you're winning all the top of search placements for all your key keywords and your organic ranking is good. And you've basically hit the limit of search where your sales can't grow anymore on search because there's no more search terms to grow sales on. Like when you've hit that point of fully saturating the the highest opportunity there with, with those low funnel uh, keywords, yeah, then you want to start climbing your way up the yeah. funnel. So my re my general recommendation is that it's certainly not for everybody, these awareness tactics with display. Now, we should also s clarify, there are retargeting tactics with display, which is a lower funnel tactic of display. We'll come mm -hmm. back to that later, but for now, we'll yep. just kind of talk about these awareness plays. Um, yeah, for me, those awareness plays are, are kind of a last resort. So that's, that's when you've fully saturated all the other parts of the funnel because that's where the ROAS is going to be the highest. That's where conversion is going to be the highest. You certainly want to make sure you've taken advantage of all of that, especially if you do have a limited budget. To me, it doesn't make any sense if you have, say, a $10,000 budget and you can drive a $10 ROAS on all the bottom of funnel keywords. It makes no sense to me why you would take a thousand of those dollars and reallocate that towards high, uh, a higher funnel tactic when you know your, your net 
total sales would just not be as strong. Yeah. I think that's a really good framework to give sellers a, um, you know, benchmark to be able to think at what point do I consider it, you know, when you are maxing out those opportunities, which does bring us, (coughs) excuse me, um, like a good segue into, um, you know, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about. And that is the difference between sponsored products, sponsored brands and sponsored display, just to give people maybe that are newer (coughs) to the platform, a bit of an idea. um, What are the differences there? Uh, Because I mean, the first thing that sort of springs to mind is do you have a similar approach to sponsored products and sponsored brands that you want to maximize every opportunity with sponsored products before you delve into sponsored brands? Or do you take a bit of a different approach there? Yeah, that actually is a really good question. Um, I typically treat sponsored brands as if they were just sponsored products mm-hmm. in terms of the strategy, uh, yeah. optimizing towards a certain ACOS or whatever it may be. They are a bit of a flashier sponsored product campaign. Yeah. And from, I haven't fully tested this, but I think just like my hunch tells me this has been the case that when we are running sponsored brand ads, our sponsored products actually do better. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that might be because if, you, if you're winning that top of search placement with sponsored brands and, you know, let's say someone's searching for uh, toothpaste brands or whatever, and your brand appears on that sponsored brand placement and no one's ever, this person's never heard of your, your toothpaste brand before, but you just want an impression there. And let's just say, you know, a lot of people kind of scroll past those sponsored brand ads because they clearly look like ads and they just scroll down just to get to the actual search results. And so you essentially got a free impression, which is kind of cool because usually on these display models, they'll charge you for impressions, not for clicks. Mm-hmm. And so actually with those sponsored brand ads, what, what is great is if, is if uh, people are not clicking on your sponsored brand ad and you're getting that impression, you're getting that awareness and they scroll past you. And once they get into the search results and they're comparing your product to another product on the search page and the other product brand they've never heard of before and your brand they heard of, you know, two seconds ago when they just saw your ad up there and, you know, maybe subliminally, psychologically, they're more inclined to click on your product now. So I do think there is some of that where sponsored brands can influence and improve the performance of your sponsored products or organic placements in search as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good to know because I do pretty much exactly the same. Just treat uh, sponsored brands like just another placement of sponsored products because they function in almost exactly the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and you can target the same keywords. You can, you know, use the same bids and it's very similar setup, isn't it? So, yeah, it's good to hear that that's, uh, you know, what you're doing as well. Um, Yeah, there's certainly, though, the the flashiness of them. and, And I think Amazon's made sponsored brands much prettier than they were a couple of years ago. Uh, with the featured lifestyles, they're testing all kinds of different formats, lifestyle images, yeah. that is, and um, blowing up images to make it really popping off the page to people. And we have seen performance improve on those uh, click-through rates and conversion rates have improved with some of those changes that Amazon's been doing to the format of the sponsored brand ads. But yeah. with that, obviously, the the CPCs have gotten much more competitive as mm. those spots are highly coveted. Yeah. So for that, it really does become a little bit of a balancing act between uh, how much can you actually afford and, and stay profitable? We've certainly with with some clients that are you know higher up on, on that on that funnel because of um, yeah just because they they fully kind of tapped the opportunity in sponsored products. We yeah. do invest a little bit more in sponsored brands even at a loss because of the importance that that we see on the positive impact everywhere else when when we're winning those. So mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes we do run those sponsored brands. The CPCs are so expensive, 
some of our keywords. You know, for sponsored products, to throw an example, our average CPC is around 50 cents. And on those sponsored brands, it's like a dollar fifty for for this one brand okay. in particular. So mm-hmm. uh, we're we're not necessarily profitable on those sponsored brand ads, but um, they help kind of improve our our performance elsewhere. And yeah. again, this is a, a bit of a unique account with a very large budget, large brand. So mm-hmm. um, certainly, you have to tailor each strategy to each individual account based on Definitely. context and everything involved. Definitely, yeah, good. Okay, and then in terms of some of the key differences, then with sponsored display, uh, obviously bidding is the first thing that's that's very different in terms of um, you know you've got reach, page views, or, or conversions, which you, people are so used to running ads that are cost per click to then suddenly see you know CPM, uh, you know calculations coming up there. That's that's quite the change. Uh, can you give us a bit of a summary of how that uh, side of things works? Yeah, so. As you said, there there are a few different ways in which Amazon's going to actually let you choose to run these ads. Mm-hmm. And as a quick kind of disclaimer, if anyone's ever heard of Amazon DSP and, and is kind of wondering more what, what that is, um, that is the Amazon deci- demand side platform, which is essentially Amazon. Um, Amazon is essentially supplying media placements to whoever has demand for it. So you can kind of buy these, buy up these media inventory placements and and that DSP platform is all display, uh, display advertising and CPM based. And because it's a bit of an exclusive platform to get access to, Amazon wanted to create a little bit more uh, easier, lower barrier to entry, self-service uh, kind of concept with those types of display ads. And so that's where they created sponsor display, which is actually very, very similar to the Amazon DSP. So in case if anyone's wondering, should I be doing sponsor display? Should I be doing Amazon DSP? Uh, sponsor display is going to get you probably 80% of to what the Amazon DSP would be able to provide. So you're pretty much mostly there. But yeah, one thing that is different about the sponsor display versus DSP is that you do have that option of do you want to pay per click or do you want to pay per thousand impressions? And that would be the uh, CPM cost per mil, mil, I believe being Latin for a thousand. Mm. So a bit confusing that. <laughs> yeah. So with that model, a couple things to keep in mind are that the attribution is going to be different. It's going to be the sales attribution is going to be applied to whatever you're paying for. So if you're paying for clicks, they will only be attributing the sales to your clicks. If you're paying for impressions, they will be attributing the sales to impressions. And in my experience, often when we are doing those kind of view-based impressions, it seems that Amazon tends to over attribute the sales that are happening. And part of why I think that is, is you'll, you'll, Amazon might serve a display ad to someone as they're already on their way to checkout and you know, your products already added to the cart and everything. And then that impression appears to them as they're checking out and, and they end up buying the product and it gets attributed to the, uh, to, to the display ad. So um, that is just one thing to kind of, keep in mind. But yeah, as you said, you, you listed off, there's reach, there's visits, there's conversions. That's Amazon's kind of way of saying top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And you can kind of pick the strategy that you want to use with these uh, display ads. And so with reach, which is essentially trying to maximize your impressions, that's kind of maximizing your awareness. That's going to be a CPM based model. And so um, certainly, you know, you should be testing out all these different strategies and the different tools that Amazon lets you do and see what works for you, see what makes sense for you. Um, 
if you're trying to optimize towards visits, so yeah, so in, in that reach category, Amazon's going to say, hey, we're going to get you as many impressions as possible. Um, you know, we're going to try to like keep that CPM as, as low and as affordable as possible and just get as many possible impressions as we can. In that scenario, Amazon's not necessarily caring if people are clicking on your ads or not. They just want to make sure that that ad is popping up and that you're being seen. Now, for me personally, I haven't been super impressed by the placements of sponsored display ads. Um, you know, a lot of times they are on like the peripherals of the pages. And if someone's not clicking on them, I'm not really sure how effective they are actually creating that reach. You know, it's like, uh, unless if you're already a brand like Coca-Cola that already has some good recognition that all you have to do is, you know, if you're at a, uh, like a football stadium or something and there's little Coca-Cola things like all over the stadium, just, it, it does, there's no messaging, nothing. It just says Coca-Cola. And I think that's, as you said, Ben, just to, to keep, keep it top of mind, you know, just keep people being aware. But if you attributed every single person, every single sale in that, every single sale of Coke in that stadium, if that was attributed to that Coca-Cola ad, that would probably be a little bit of an overestimate of the actual impact yeah. of that. And so, so that's just kind of an example of one thing to keep in mind with those awareness tactics, with sponsor display, and how those CPMs actually work. Now, Dan, did you want to add to that? Because I'm just going to keep going through this list. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. My, I mean, my question is just going to be, do you take a similar approach to where you said about you know maximizing sponsored products and brands, then sponsored display? When you tip over into sponsored display, is it a case of then um, maximizing the conversions um, bidding aspect? And then if you've still got budget, you've got crazy money coming out of your ears, then you would do reach. Is that kind of how you'd approach it? Or? I, I probably would. Yeah. So to kind of flip to the bottom of that, the conversions um, tactic that Amazon lets you do, that is going to be a CPC model. So you're only paying for when people click on your ad. And what you're typically, what Amazon's essentially going to do is is kind of adjust those bids based on the likelihood of conversion. And we don't exactly know how Amazon gets that data. Could be based off of the user search term history, whether they're in market for your product, whatever. But uh, Amazon will kind of increase those bids to try to get that click if they think there's a higher likelihood of, of conversion here. And the conversions tactic within sponsor display is certainly the most popular for everyone that is, is using these tactics. And I think yeah. especially because if anyone doesn't really know what's going on, uh, anyone who opens up, uh, you know, a new sponsor display campaign and they say, he, Hey, would you rather maximize impressions, maximize clicks or maximize sales? Everyone's always going to go sales, you know, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of just like where our minds default to. And so, yeah, that's certainly the most popular. And for that purpose, those CPCs on the conversion tactic have gotten expensive um, pretty frequently. I think I'm, I'm seeing sponsor display CPCs uh, run up pretty high, even higher than, than sponsored products. So, um, yeah, everything kind of just needs to be tested and, and calibrated towards your own preferences. Does it work in a similar way to with Facebook ads? If you choose the conversions, you, your ad will be served to people that, that Facebook pixel understands have converted more often when clicking on ads um, versus page likes, whatever. Uh, is it working the same way? Amazon will serve, if you choose conversions, they'll serve it to more people that have shown that they convert and same with clicky people, etc. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I'm not a Facebook ads expert, though I'm a, a little bit familiar with it and have some some peers who are smarter than I in the in the space. But my assumption there would be that yeah, if you are trying to optimize towards 
sales or conversions with Facebook ads, it's still going to be a CPM model. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially, they're just going to be trying to place more of those in front of the people who are, yeah, maybe deeper into their into their own customer journey and whatever whatever data that Facebook is able to use. Yeah. My assumption would also be that the CPMs on that are a little bit higher for those conversions because you know if everybody else is really trying to get up to those conversions as well and increasing mm -hmm. the bids on, on that, um, Amazon's probably taking those those audiences that are kind of overlapping between all of the advertisers and the market price on those you know conversion based audiences yeah, would yeah. probably be bid up a little bit. Whereas if you were to go after mm -hmm. awareness and you just want to maximize the total impressions and reach that you can get, not so concerned with sales at the moment, uh, the CPMs there might be a little bit lower uh, as they're not quite as competitive. So that would be kind of be my assumption. Um, yeah. And yeah, Amazon might be doing something similar. Yeah, okay, cool. After bidding, the next major different area is, is targeting. Obviously there's products targeting, which a lot of sellers will be familiar with, but the one that a lot of sellers won't be familiar with is the idea of uh, audiences. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yeah, so that is kind of, in my opinion, the biggest separator and advantage mm -hmm. of sponsored display. Sponsored products, sponsored brands are restricted to only being able to target keywords and target other products on Amazon. So you can, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And we know that with audience targeting, that opens up a lot of capabilities. And what Amazon actually, Amazon's like custom audiences that they have built are actually um, pretty impressive. So I'd recommend anybody just open up a sponsor display campaign, jump down to audience targeting, flip through all of the options that they have. It's pretty wild. And especially when yeah, you think yeah. about all the data that Amazon has on its customers yeah. from, you know, they can, you can target, you can, you can target George Clooney fans mm. as, as an audience in case if you're selling George Clooney merch or something, but you know, Amazon has, you know, prime. So they know everything that you're watching. They know all of your interests. Mm. They know your entire purchase history, your entire search history. Uh, they, you know, they own Twitch now. So if you are doing anything on Twitch, they, they know everything about you pretty much. And who knows if our echo devices, our Alexas are all spying on us as well. So, you know, if, they, if they're incorporating all that data into build their audiences as well, um, maybe that's something you're, you're able to tap into, but yeah, when it comes to that, Amazon has uh, lifestyle. So you can target people based on, you know, if their parents, if they're high spenders is kind of an interesting one. So Amazon, you can you know, Amazon's obviously going to know the high spenders based off your purchase history. So if uh, if you have a particularly expensive product, yeah, high AOV product, you can go after the high spender audiences. Early adopters is a cool one if you just invented a new product. People who have a, that lifestyle is something else you could do. They have, uh, and they kind of break down their audience targeting into four segments. So they have lifestyle, interests, life events, and then in market. So lifestyle is kind of what we just described. Interest is basically just going to be, you know, based on your search history. What does it seem like you're interested in your hobbies, whatever. And then they have life events, which could be, you know, if someone's in the baby registry on Amazon, you, you might be expecting, or maybe just had a baby so they can, you know, classify that. And then there's in market, which is, you know, if you're actively searching for products and you haven't bought anything yet, they'll, they'll throw you in that category. So, um, yeah, so you can go after all those. You can target people who are more into healthy eating, people who are care about their hygiene, people who are recently married, pet owners, currently shopping for a certain product. All of those are different types of audiences that Amazon creates, and uh, it's a pretty expansive list. So I'd certainly recommend someone running through there. And and uh, there's also a search bar, I believe. So you can, if you're wondering, mm -hmm. you know, if you sell say ceiling fans or something like that, and you just want to do a search for like fan or ceiling 
and see if there are any audiences that pop up. And maybe there is one where Amazon says in market for ceiling fans and, and you can start targeting that audience. Yeah, nice. So many options, obviously, those, those options, the broadness of that comes with, as we've already discussed, those caveats of extra cost and, um, you know, needing to factor that in. But it's, yeah, it's fascinating the level at which you can actually scale uh, those ads there. The, the next uh, and, and final thing that I've got on my list is, is just the creative side of it. <clears throat> um, in my experience, just pretty similar to sponsored brands in terms of there's, um, you know, a logo headline, custom image or custom video that you can customize. Um, but is there anything more than that? Anything different that I haven't picked up there? Uh, no, you got it. Um, they did start making these very similar to sponsored brands, which is cool, mm. um, giving people more ability. And, and it's also nice that we have any customizability mm. with these sponsored display ads. I just recently started testing sponsored display video. Uh, don't okay. think I have any results yet, although I could maybe try to check on this podcast and see if, see if anything pops up. But, um, I've noticed yeah. that they, um, maybe it's been on there a while and I just, I'm slow on the uptake, but sponsored brand video ads seem to be appearing on the product detail page. Now I saw the targeting option come up ages ago, but then I could never actually find one on a product detail page. Uh, but I think they're sponsored brands. I know obviously they're sponsored display ones as well, but maybe they are just sponsored display video ads. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That is actually a great question. And I haven't seen sponsored display ads appearing on, or sorry, sponsored vi sponsored brand videos appearing on product pages just yet. But I do wonder if that's as as you described the, maybe that is sponsored display videos. Maybe, um, yeah, because the targeting option, yeah, it's been there for ages. You can, yeah. you, you can target product detail pages from sponsored mm -hmm. brand video ads. But I just had never seen video of like a video ad on a product detail page for ages, but now I start seeing loads of them. Um, mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure if it was sponsored brands or sponsored display, but strange. Yeah, yeah, the, um, so I did pull up really quickly. So yeah, I, I, I'll look into that. That's a really good question. My, mm -hmm. I, I do know that sponsored brand videos have started appearing on uh, top of search, which has been also mm -hmm. interesting to see, but oh, yeah, I haven't, that. yeah, I haven't yet seen them on, I haven't seen any videos yet on product detail pages, but if I did see one, um, I'll try to, if I do see one, I'll try to dissect if that's either mm. sponsored display or sponsored brand ad. And um, I could shoot you a message. I'm sure you could just throw it in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are not sort of overly concerned with <laughs> yeah. you know, which one is it. I just I thought it was interesting. It was only like in the last week. So maybe it's just something that's, um, that's brand new and um, the way they're putting them out there. But yeah, no, interesting. Amazon well, are always changing stuff, aren't they? Where stuff appears. Yeah, and how it absolutely. Appears, so. I'll let you know what, what I have going on um, here with, with a client. Yeah. This client launched a brand new product. Uh, it's a bit of a unique product. No one really knows that this product exists um, because they're kind of like the first of their type, but it is in the golf accessories kind of niche. And so um, it's been kind of difficult to get the word out about that this product exists. You know, we're going very actively after keywords in search such as... Um, golf accessories, whatever, golf gifts for men. Yeah. And those are, you know, you, that's something else like to also keep in mind, like it's not just these different tactics that we could call top of funnel, bottom of funnel. It could also, it could also be types of keywords. So if someone just types in golf and that's the keyword, that could probably be very top of funnel <laughs> because it's not, it's not as, as bottom of funnel. If you're selling golf driver head covers, 
you know, that would be a more bottom funnel thing. But if someone just types in yeah. golf and you're going to try to sell your, your golf driver head cover to them, uh, you know, that could be considered a top of funnel kind of keyword tactic. But what we are trying to do is we do have um, some really good videos for this product. We're featuring them in sponsored brand video ads. Uh, and we're primarily trying to um, build awareness in that sense. And so for, for that, we're kind of looking at, we're not necessarily trying to get the sale. We're just trying to get people to click on it because our video is engaging. We think our product is probably interesting to people. And we do find that the click-through rate is, is really, really high. It's, it's way above average for us. So it's certainly an engaging product. Um, but then when people get to the product page, it maybe wasn't exactly what they were looking for at that time. Sure. But we end up following up with a sponsored display ad that is retargeting audiences that viewed our ad but did not purchase it. And so that sponsored brand video ad is really good at, at driving that awareness, uh, getting people to consider the product, and then we end up coming back with, with those uh, conversion tactics with the sponsored display side. And we did recently also launch a sponsored display video ad because we were curious to see if we do the same video with sponsored display. You know, if people saw the Ooh. video once on a sponsored brand video, if they see the video again, is that you know, are they more inclined to maybe come back and check it out again? And just looking at the CPCs right now between um, those two sponsor display tactics. So we have just like the typical ad with the logo and headline, and then we've got the video. Um, our normal sponsor display ads around 75 cent CPC and the sponsor display video is a dollar 30. So it's, it's certainly a lot more competitive there. And um, just to kind of put that into some further context, if I look at the CPC for this product, across the whole account, we're at a, right around an 80 cent cost per click, okay. which is quite high because um, for, for given our margins and the low conversion rate since it's, since it's a new product, but most of those high CPCs are coming from the sponsored brand videos, which are running around $1.50 and the sponsored display video, which is pretty similar, but our sponsored products are much lower around like 40, 50 cents. So those are all yeah. things just to keep in mind as well, just like the cost of, of these media buys. Mm. Do you think it's just because of limited placements with videos? Probably, yeah, and uh, just highly coveted. And that's something that I, I do think is interesting is a lot of times brand owners, especially from the, from the agency side, right? A lot of times when I'm speaking with clients, they really want to make sure their brand, they're, they're winning that sponsored brand spot because they like it. They think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and they may like it more than the performance is kind of indicating that they should like it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I've, I've certainly had that uh, scenario where a lot of times we're, we're probably overpaying for things just because the client wants to make sure that they're there, um, even if the sales aren't, aren't coming through and it doesn't really make sense or it's not profitable. So, um, but that's kind of just like the kind of the way things go sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, um, I mean, I've kind of covered all of the main areas that I wanted to ask about with sponsored display. Is there anything we haven't talked about, I haven't asked that you think is worth mentioning? Yeah, the one thing that I did want to mention is the sponsor display, when you are picking those audiences, um, whether it's you're targeting people who viewed your product, um, you can also get people, yeah, so so Amazon has those, those four audiences that we spoke, to, we spoke about, but then they also have a few other options, which is you can target to people based off of their product views or their product yeah. purchases. And so those can be really, really helpful as well. So um, with views remarketing, Amazon will give you a look back window from seven to 90 days. And so what we typically do there is, you know, we'll say, Hey, if anyone viewed our product in the past, like 30 days, um, but didn't purchase it, or you could change it to seven days, you know, test around a few different things, see what works. 
Um, I like to kind of do like seven to 14 days just to kind of mm -hmm. make sure that the attribution window of, of everything is still accounted for. But yeah, people viewed your product. And one thing that unfortunately we can't do with displays, we can't negate audiences because what I would love to do with that view is I want to say, you know, someone viewed my product and purchased it. I don't want to mm -hmm. keep spending money on promoting yeah. it to them again. Yeah. Um, so what I would love to like to be able to do is to view uh, a target people who viewed my product but did not purchase it. So I would yeah, like yeah, negate yeah. the audiences who have purchased my product. Now, the Amazon ad reps have told me that that's already included. Like it's it's built into the views based thing mm -hmm. that automatically negates people who who purchased the product. So I guess we'll just have to trust them on that one. Um, <laughs> but that's one thing that that I uh, that the DSP will allow you to do is Amazon DSP allows you to actually negate audiences, which, sure. you know, anyone who's familiar with search advertising, we know how important those negative keywords can be when it comes mm -hmm. to display, those negative audiences are just as important. So, um, so that's one thing that we can, you can do is you can target people based off of if they viewed your products, you can target people if they viewed products that are similar to yours. So probably competitors or if they viewed entire categories. So if anyone viewed the golf accessories category, you know, we can target people based off of that. And then Amazon also has a views remarketing option for purchases. And for that one, the look back window actually goes up to 365 days. So you have a, a, a pretty long look back compared to just the 90 days that you get with uh, the view remarketing. So Ooh. with purchase remarketing, you can look back to, you know, 365 days and that uh, targeting people based off of their purchases can be really good if, if you're, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily use that for, oh, if they bought golf equipment in the past, they might be interested in, in golf equipment or whatever. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do that. I would, if you were trying to do that, I, would, I think you'd be better off looking at the in-market audience that Amazon has created. Where I find retargeting people based off their purchases is really shines is for subscription-based uh, models uh, where, you know, if you're selling nutrients yeah. or supplements or something and, you know, some, some you know, maybe you're selling L-theanine and most of your competitors' ca uh, capsules and your capsules are like 30-day supplies. What would be a great one is you target someone who bought this within the past, say, 45 days, but they didn't buy it within the last 30 days, which means that their uh, subscription might be running out. It's time for them to get another one. And um, that's one tactic so that, that you can do. So mm. yeah, you can you can target people based off of, especially for brand defense too. If you know someone purchased your product um, 30 days ago, you can start targeting them again because maybe it's time for mm. them to, to re-up and you want to make sure that you get them to rebuy your product before they, you know, if they type in L-theanine again, trying to find your brand and, during that process, they end up seeing another brand that has more reviews. You could potentially lose that returning yeah. customer. So uh, making sure you retarget them with your products so that they don't even go back to the search funnel again. They just click on your ad and, and buy it. Um, but same with competitor products. If they bought a competing product 30 days ago, uh, you can start hitting them up. It's time for them to switch over to your brand. And, and uh, yeah, I think those are the, the only other kind of targeting tactic capabilities. Uh, Again, there's no ability to to negate audiences. I really mm. hope Amazon releases that soon, and I expect that they would because they're they're trying to you know it seems like every day the sponsor display is getting a little bit more close closely uh, identical to the Amazon DSP. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they're really trying to match uh, sort of Facebook ads and the more full funnel uh, off and on Amazon approach, aren't they? Yep, absolutely. 
Cool, man. I, I mean, there's some ninja tips right there, especially at the end there. There's some, uh, you know, some unique ways of testing this stuff out. So really, really helpful overview of sponsored display. Obviously, it's quite a complex, deep topic. So people probably could sort of dive into the rabbit holes of this for hours upon end. But that's been, yeah, real useful foundation. So thank you very much. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask was just uh, if you have a uh, sort of, I know you've given a few ninja tips there, but just a general, your number one top Amazon PPC tip that you would give to every seller that maybe they haven't heard before. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but um, that uh, that you would say, you know, make sure you do this with your Amazon advertising. Yeah, I would, I would say uh, my number one tip is proper bidding covers a multitude of sins. And that's a bit. Like that's it. a bit of a, a diehard thing there for for or a, a hill that I die on. There is, is I sincerely believe, and I believe it because I've seen it in my own kind of results and success and everything. Mm. But um, if you can get the bidding right, everything else is gonna kind of work its its way out. I mean, if you have horrible keywords selected and just horrible horrible keywords, uh, if you're able to bid properly and and have the right like formulas and logic set up, it'll down bid. You know your your irrelevant. Keywords or search terms down to like a two cent bid, effectively pausing mm -hmm. them, and it will take care of that, and and it makes it less important that someone, uh, you know, exactly negate everything and perfectly harvest all their keywords. Now, mm -hmm. of course, keyword bidding isn't a hundred percent of Amazon management. We still need good keyword harvesting rules and and uh, and good campaign structure and all that. But I would certainly say it's the the twenty percent of effort that yields eighty percent of results, and. Mm -hmm. um, we, we certainly have uh, quite a few YouTube videos out talking about how you can kind of figure that out, some different conditions where we'd apply one formula versus another and how to keep everything mathematically focused. And, you know, I, I, I certainly think that's anyone who's just trusting, a, you know, these black box algorithms from third-party mm -hmm. tools that are just like, oh, use our AI. Um, they, the AI doesn't know everything that you know about your account. You know, they don't, yeah. they can't tell how, they don't really know overall, you know, how are your sales up versus last year versus this year? Do you have deals going on? Do you have products going in and out of stock? There's so many other variables involved outside of, of just what uh, the API is able to give these tools. And so I, I highly recommend people are taking a little bit more of a, uh, I, I call it a semi-automatic approach. You know, we still mm -hmm. do some things that are automated through um, bulk sheets, or even if we are using a third-party tool, we're, we're like mm -hmm. automating stuff, but they're manual at the same time because they require different user inputs um, that change each time that we, we run them just to kind of, um, make sure that it's not fully on autopilot or cruise control yeah. that we are, you know, managing a couple of inputs to keep things balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great thoughts. Uh, and my next question was going to be, or the final follow-up question was going to be what kind of formulas are you using? But that's a good segue to, uh, your YouTube content and everything that you're pumping out, because that will be a question that's a bit more in depth than a 30 second answer. So, um, so yeah, where can people find all, more of your stuff, the YouTube, the podcast, uh, let us know. Yeah, just, uh, well, before I, I, I do that, <clears throat> I'm going to say one last thing on sponsor, sponsor display, okay. um, yeah. that I think some people might be, I'm sure someone's out, out there wondering what should my spend splits be between sponsored products, sure. brands, yeah, and display. And I'll tell you benchmark, uh, what, what has been a benchmark for most um, accounts from, from data that I've looked at from data aggregators. It's typically around 80% of account spend is going to sponsored products. Around 15% is going to sponsored brands and then around 5% on sponsored display. And across all of those, the ACOS 
steps up slightly from sponsored products to sponsored brands to sponsored mm-hmm. sponsor display that ACOS is slowly kind of creeping its way up as the CPCs also creep their way up. Um, but for me personally, I think that's a pretty good split. Um, my sponsor display is, uh, well, I mean, for, for this large brand that I have that's on Amazon DSP, uh, that's around 40% of their total Amazon spend, but that's certainly an exception to the rule. For most of the other smaller brands that I'm working with, sponsor display is somewhere between like 3 to 4% of our total uh, spend there. And and it's that low primarily just because of that's what the performance dictates. You know, we, we allocate spend and yeah, the, the, the CPCs are gonna be uh, adjusted according to performance. And right now the performance dictates that the conversion rates are so low on those sponsor display campaigns that they deserve bids at X price, which is causing them to, to not spend a lot. So it's still helpful for getting, you know, you know, if these sponsor display campaigns are driving another five to 10% of revenue, Hey, that's a win, you know, totally. we'll, we'll, we'll take it. But, um, for the most part, it's, it's pretty low spend. So keep that in mind, those spend splits. Yeah. Like you say, it's a good framework to work on is maximizing that. Cause if you're spending 80% of your budget on sponsored products, that's going to be generating the most of your results. So if you can maximize that, maximize sponsored brands, then if you're looking for more opportunities, adding that extra sort of cherry on top of the cake or on top of the icing, icing on the cake, whatever that phrase is, um, is, is probably where sponsored display comes in. Yep. So uh, to reach me, to get in touch, um, LinkedIn's probably the best bet. I, I uh, check it pretty regularly. So reach out, connect. Um, if you uh, want to follow our podcast, look up that Amazon ads podcast. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and uh, drop us a line, drop some comments, subscribe. We're, we, uh, we do our best to respond to everybody. And, and uh, we'll usually call out some good questions on the, on the podcast and answer those so everyone else can kind of listen in as well. Amazing. Awesome, man. Well, we'll leave all of those details in the show notes and description and stuff as well so people can subscribe and get in touch and all of those good things. Thanks for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. It's been a um, a nerdy, geeky conversation, but one I hope will bring value to a lot of people. So thanks for taking the time out. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Amazing. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you've enjoyed that episode. Um, Let us know if you have any questions or other topics along the Amazon advertising spectrum that you want us to cover on the podcast. And uh, make sure you do check out Stephen's podcast too. Get subscribed. It will be great content to help you on your journey. Uh, If you've liked this episode, please do give it a, a like, a subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you in the next episode, same time next week. Take care.